0: Hello, I'm Leila Hidayat and welcome to this special edition of Stories of Change. So You can usually find me behind the scenes at Frontline, however during this extraordinary time I'll be recording from my living room. I'll be speaking to some really amazing people as well as some brilliant organisations who are adapting to support children and families during the pandemic and beyond. You, our lovely listeners and social gooders, will hear their stories, advice and hopes for the future as we learn together along the way. Hi everyone. So this week I spoke to Amy Hardacre from Settle and Settle is a charity that supports young people as they move into their first independent home. Amy spoke about how in record time they moved their outreach program to a fully remote service. She talks about how a check-in tool is helping them to better address the needs of their young people who may be living alone during lockdown or finding it difficult to access food or basic communities. Finally, Amy also shares her thoughts about how video calling may open up the number and types of young people that Settle can reach through their programme. So I hope you enjoy the listen and I look forward to hearing your comments. Speak to you soon. How have you been? How's your week been, Amy? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm good. So you celebrated a birthday recently, didn't you, during lockdown? I did, yeah. <laughs> what did you do?
1: It was, um, it was quite good, actually. I don't, um, I don't normally much for my birthday anyway um but it yeah it was it was nice I was still working so so in the morning we did like our state-sanctioned exercise went went for a walk which was really nice um, and then in the evening we watched one man two governors because national theatre are are doing um kind of a live stream each week
0: yeah and that was really good so taking you back I guess tell us a little bit more about you. What what led you to work for Settle, and I, I guess in, in that in that sector, I think um, a lot of time prevention
1: programs can can be put to the side, um, whereas it's it's nice to to be working working in that area, and I really I really enjoy the the frontline element. Um, it really helps me to to understand the the lives of the young people that. That settles here to support, and also I. Um, I just find that you, or that I, learn so much from from the young people. So I guess I cha- challenge some of the things that um, that that I you know I I might think or I've always done something in one way and then they they might they might show you a a different way that that makes more sense for them and then you're like oh actually I've never thought about doing it like that that's that's like a really great way of approaching this and it's yeah it's it's just it's nice to be in that space I
0: guess. Would you say that's your source of inspiration uh, you know Working with those individuals every day, or, or
1: I, th- I think that probably for me, that the thing that really motivates me is is being able to see growth in others um, and helping them figure out that path for themselves.
0: So you're programme manager for Settle. Um, I guess, did you want to explain a little bit um, about what Settle does and what what it does to support young people?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, Settle's a charity um, and our mission is to reduce youth homelessness. um, And we do that by supporting young people who are at higher risk of homelessness. um, And we support them as they move into their first, Independent home, um, so this means that we work with quite a lot of young people who might have had experience with the care system. They might be single parents, um, or um, they might be individuals with experience of the criminal justice system.
0: And this is such an important time, isn't it? You know, you mentioned Carly was there, for example, and receiving that support while they're leaving the system, uh, moving into an independent home, and yeah i guess settle plays such an important role what's been going on during the pandemic because i guess a lot of that is building re- relationships with those young people meeting with them you know face to face What what's your experience been so far
1: um so so we've we've had to change the way that we're delivering um so so we've moved to a fully remote-based service. Um, so, so that means that, that our sessions are now happening over video calls or phone calls um, with the young people that we support. Before uh, coronavirus, we were. Supporting young people one to one. Um, and it was an outreach service as well. So, so we were, we were going to their homes. And I get, I guess that's, that's been like the most practical change. Um, we, we've also seen, seen some changes that we've had to make in terms of the content that we're delivering as well.
0: Have you spoken to some of the young people that you support? And, um, you know, what's their experience of, of the, of the changes?
1: Um, so what, one of the things that, that we did quite early on was, was create a check-in tool um, that that each of the team could could use when having conversations with young people. Um, and this was to help um, us to see any emerging needs that were maybe coming up. Um, so so for example, we, we might ask a young person what what impact coronavirus has had on on their employment. Um, and then understanding that will will then allow us to open up a conversation around what impact that might be having on rent payments or bill payments which which are two really key areas of of sustaining a tenancy but in t- in terms of patterns that that we're seeing with young people we we're, we're definitely seeing a um, kind of decreased Access to food. Um, I think I think partly because of increase in prices, but also availability. And also, we're seeing a large increase in in how isolated um, young people feel as well. A, a lot of the young people that we work with live completely by themselves. Yeah. In in some circumstances, they they might be living completely. By themselves, without like full sets of furniture. So, so for example, they, they they might not have have a a sofa or a table. It might it might be that what they've got in their flat are white goods and and a bed or something like that. So, so I think um, for them, this situation can can look quite different.
0: And have you been working with any other um, charities, I guess, to support those young people in? Different ways. So, for example, if their their need is to get medical assistance, or if their need is to get some furniture in their house, or um, get food delivered. Is there any collaboration that you're doing at the moment which was I guess different from before?
1: Um, so we're, we're definitely working with more food banks than, than we were before. That's been a really important uh, resource and service for, for the young people that, that we work with and I've been really impressed to see how how flexible lots of the food banks are being as well. So previously you, you would usually need to be able to give a young person or, or a person that's accessing a food bank a voucher and they take that voucher with them um, and that's usually done in physical copy um, whereas now it's possible just to, to to send an email give give the un- give the person's name um, and then they can they can access the food bank from there which which, which has been has been really helpful um, and in, ter- in terms of, of other services a big bit of the of the settle programme is working with young people to apply for grants to get furnishings or things like that or if they're starting a university course for example we, we might help them apply for somewhere where they could get some funds to to enable them to get a laptop or things like that that they'll need for their study and we we have seen a decrease in in some places being able to to give grants at the moment um, so so that's that's still something that that we're we're working through at the moment.
0: And so taking you back a little bit to examples of the way that Settle is adapting, is there any advice that you could share with our listeners who may be working in a different charity or on an individual level to support young people or to support families? I
1: think it's really important to remember that a little bit of empathy and a little bit of understanding goes a really long way. I, th- I think that sometimes all people want is is a space to talk and a connection and a feeling that that someone understands what they're going through or the complexities that that they're having they're having to face. So I guess my my advice would be. To, to be as flexible and understanding as you can be. I think also be- bearing in mind what what's important to to do right now as well. So so there'll, there'll be some situations that, that are emergency situations that, that you have to work with a family or whoever you're supporting to, to make progress on. But, but there might also be some things that right now it doesn't make sense to make progress on. And I think if you... If you can alleviate that pressure from the person that you're working with, um, I I think it's really important to do that where we
0: can. I think that's going back to our conversation at the start, isn't it, about just being really flexible with yourself and others. It's just really important not to act or have those expectations in the same way that we would Usually when we're not in this pandemic, people might be th- feeling, you know, stressed and anxious and, and picking up things um, subconsciously. And so just I think just being yeah more flexible, more relaxed with people, going with the flow a bit more than, than usual, I think is really important generally anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess if you step into the shoes of the young people that you're supporting, what would you say some of the, the the main worries or challenges are during this time
1: we have quite a broad range of, of young people that we're supporting we've we, we've seen some some young people lose lose their jobs or if they're on zero hours contracts not not have any work that has a big impact on on income, um, and then being being able to um, like pay, pay for essential costs such as rent or bills or food. So, so, so def- definitely a, a big area that that we're seeing come up is is money. And another another one is around, I guess, like p- feeling concerned or uneasy about when when this is going to end. For for things like when when are they going to be able to see see their their friends again, or when when are they going to be able to start the university course that that they were supposed to be starting? Kind of some some of those some of those sorts of things that um, where where I I guess at the moment it it feels a little bit like you're having to put life on hold in a lot of circumstances um and I think what we're seeing is that that that's bringing up feelings of like anxiousness or um uneasiness
0: and there isn't an answer at the moment is there we 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 don't know when things are going to return to normal so Mm. how are you working through that with your young people
1: yeah so a a mixture of ways really we're we're sharing like all all the resources that, that you can share with them so so encouraging them to to have a look on um the NHS website um and the government website as well just just for any updates on coronavirus to 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 make sure that they are as up to date as they can be um, on what's going on Um, and I guess just trying to make sure that that the sources that that are being shared with them are reputable we're we're seeing lots of young people getting uh, getting their information from, from things like social media and and whilst like bits of social media is is amazing and incredibly helpful, especially in times like this. Um, it can also be a way for uh, misinformation to to spread really, really quickly. Coming back to just just being being there, um, and letting them know that we're going to be checking in with them on a regular basis and also tra- trying to focus on on the practical things with them as well that that it is possible for for us to do what one of the main bits of the program that that we we see pretty much all young people do is is around um, budgeting, um, and you know now now can be a really good time to 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 be looking looking at some of that stuff um, around what what money are they going to be having coming in and what what are their priority bills and it's it's quite a practical session that that you can do do remotely. So, so we're trying to focus on on the bits of the program where it's possible for us to talk about making
0: progress with
1: them so so that it feels like their lives are still moving forward
0: it can be a really scary time because it's out of routine but i guess filling it with things maybe that you wouldn't usually have time to do such as sitting down and thinking about um, budgeting or doing some extra studying or or something to keep your mind occupied. Yeah
1: and in in a lot of circumstances where our our team might be one of the few people that the young people that we're working with will will be speaking to, which is which is why it's it's really important for, for us to like focusing on their welfare more than ever, really, um, because their it it may be that their support network is um, is is smaller and um, might might have been reduced as a result of of this pandemic as well depending on what the um what what their relationships looked like before this um so so we we definitely are seeing that that we're we're having um in some cases more um regular shorter phone calls with young people to to see how they are
0: so i guess looking forward and past the lockdown stage when things Get back to normal, whatever normal was before. Are there any positives from this experience that you would continue with? Take take that time, draw learning from. Mm. So I
1: think um, I think it's been a really interesting way to test r- remote. Based sessions um because it's not this it's not really something that we we did before uh, we might we, we might have had a quick phone call with a young person um but I think I think what this potentially opens up is is a variety and the ways that that Settle are working with young people which which might also change the the types of young people that that we are able to support as well potentially. Um, so, so, so a, a good example might might be someone who 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 is experiencing difficulties with their with their mental health, and they might be finding it hard to leave their property, or even they might feel really uncomfortable about having someone go to their property as well. Um, it, it might be that that when when things when we're able to start doing face-to-face visits again, it, it might be that that a young person doesn't need a face-to-face visit once a week. It might be that that they need one of those every other week and then a phone call on on the other week's or remote-based session or something like that, which which would then just add a little bit more diversity to to the way that we're working. Um, and hopefully would would enable us to to work with a broader range of young people but also potentially maybe maybe more young people with with the reduction in travel i de- I definitely do think that we we are keen not to lose the face-to-face working completely because it's it's a really important part of being able to to build a relationship with someone um, but also a, a really important part of different elements of our programme as well. Um,
0: it's interesting, is it? Because people would have had a lot of time spent using the the technology and getting used to it, but also missing those kind of, seeing people's face-to-face, building those relationships. So it's, it's interesting after the, the lockdown, wh- which way it's going to go. With regards to, I guess, Settle itself, and cause you're quite a small team, aren't you, at the moment? Mm. Do you think there'll be any learning from how you're operating at the moment that you'll take
1: yeah yeah it's a good question um I mean a lot of so so I manage a team of of five um and they're 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 the team that are doing the direct work with with young people um which means that that they were out and about a lot before, anyway. So it has been really helpful to to have like a refresh or a reminder that that not every meeting has to be done in person. Um, and we've been doing um, some of our like brainstorming sessions on um, on a platform called Miro, which is like a Post-it note based platform. Um, and it was it was quite a fun, interactive way of doing things. So, so I could definitely imagine that that we'd 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 be more flexible or more more open to to different meetings happening um, remotely.
0: Final thought: What are your hopes for the future after we've reached the the normal? What, what are your hopes for that time? I think that this pandemic has really brought it
1: home, how important it is to have a place to call home that's safe and stable. Um, so, so I'd really like to see that continue um, and for that to be sustained through more like investment in preventative services like Settle and, and other organisations that, that are also doing fantastic work.
0: And what's the first thing you think you'll do when we get out of lockdown? Mm, what's the first thing that I'll do? If it was
1: safe, I'd really like to go into the countryside somewhere and go and go on a long walk.
0: That sounds delightful. Thank you so much for your um, time and we wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Thanks. Leila.